Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 43, November 27th, 2016, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today, we have Cannon Warrior Frank Berardi with us. He talks about his confiscated weed and new policy being set up at least in Fairbanks. They're getting on the same page with Anchorage. Hopefully, this spreads nationwide. He also talks to us about good titrations. They are going to be the, the first cannabis um, manufacturing concentrate in the state. Um, good things to look for from them. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure GoodSense is going to be having them on our shelves. We'll see about the other retails. I don't know why not. They're going to be the first. Um, they're planning on being the best. And the way Frank's talking and uh, the way things look over there, let's let's get right to it. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Just to roll up this joint, and then it'll make the interview that much better. Hell so yes. Indica um, would like to sit up here too. You gonna join us? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I mid toker here on Mobile Far North Tokers here with uh, Frank Ferrari. Very excited. First walk in, um, greeted, get to see what's going on in here. Um, and we are gonna smoke a joint of. How did you term it? Uh, this is evidence locker weed. Evidence locker weed. It's actually pineapple express, but it's super old and super dry. So we're gonna roll it up in a joint. Oh, it. it, it that I think the evidence locker weed is a much better name for it. <laughs> right on, dude. Oh man, and thank you for letting me take part in history here. No problem, dude. I was just saying that. Um, I was thinking he should put some of this in a shadow box or, or. Um, or some vial somewhere to hold on to, and he's like, eh, no, no worries, eh, and I care about that. So that's that's kind of cool. That gets into another uh, place I was thinking about. Even being a legend, I'm looking at you as a legend in your own time. People are calling you the next Raven. That's crazy. You know, yeah, really? Yes. You haven't heard it? No. Well, I'll be the first, I guess. Um, I've definitely seen people talking about it. Wow. Uh, Thank you for the recognition, man. To... um. Get your confiscated weed back from uh, an authority, any authority. I mean, it could have been library police. Yeah. And just that they actually um, went back and that they gave it to you back. For well, they, they only did so because they had a court order. They weren't going to give it back. You sure. know? They, uh, in fact, they seized it from me. And then they told the media that I gave it to them at at their request or at my request your choice yeah like I made the choice to give my I didn't bring it to the airport to give it to the police I brought it to the airport to take it with me on my trip right mm-hmm. so in talking about Raven so you were not going there to be an activist um initially no I mean granted I knew that something <laughs> could happen and you know I'm, I'm a marijuana activist anyway so if right. I did I was gonna you know do something about it but no I just wanted to bring my weed with me on my trip awesome. <laughs> And it just happened, and then the certain cards fell, and certain things fell into place. Yeah, I'd done it like 15 times before, and I just take it, and I put it in the tray by itself, and kick it right through the x-ray. Don't really feel like I should have to hide it, I guess. And, and like in, um, in what kind of bag? Or how, how do you take it through? Well, it's my jar, you know. Um, just like your gla- any glass jar you would have, yeah. like something like that? Yep, yep, awesome. yep. So it's obviously my weed. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, normally they just let it go on through like their policy tells them to. That's ballsy. I've never, I mean, I kind of felt that way, that that's what it was. Yeah. But, uh, wow. I mean, I'm 34, man. I've never been really in trouble before. And if I have to get in trouble at 34 years old for some weed, I guess I really don't have a whole lot to feel that's not bad good. about. I mean, you know. No, but I, a lot of my trouble's been through weed with law, and it's caused so much trouble. Yeah, man, it'll make it hard to pass a background check or get funding yes. for school or anything because you like to smoke a little ganja. It's crazy. Oh, I know. Trying to get across the border. Trying to get across the border from Canada was tough. Oh, really? Having a possession charge. For weed? They, yeah, they were not gonna. They did not let me do it the first time. Crazy. Right. Even cra- crossing across here with my wife and kids, they weren't... So you got a um, cannabis charge? Uh, yep, all the way back from I thought Canada was cool. Ninety, like ninety six. So what did you have to do? Drive back and fly or something? No, I'd be interrogated and the whole truck ripped apart and looking for weed. While my kids sat there and they kept on saying, um, "Tell me where it's at," and we, you know, "We won't do this in front of your kids." I'm like I don't have anything. They're like, "Well, you were arrested uh, this many years ago." Like, you were arrested a long in the nineties. Yes, in Massachusetts. Which is great that that just got... legal now. I know. So that's yeah. what my wife was saying. Get that expunged. Mm-hmm. Mm, evidence locker weed. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, no problem, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a little dry, but, uh, you know. Are you positive to save God? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's my weed. It looked just like my weed, you know? So yeah. I'm going to call him out for, for lying about, you know... Um, how voluntary the seizure was, I gotta be honest with myself. You know, that was my week. Right. I think it was all of it too. So nice. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well let's take a step back <laughs> as we're talking on this Jay. And by the way, that's a that's a finger Jay. That's no pinner. Oh, I don't like to smoke small Jays, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know. Um where, you're going on vacation. Where are we headed to? I was well I was just going to Anchorage for the day. Oh, just in state even. Yeah, yeah, I was just flying to Anchorage, so um yeah, that's why I only had, you know, eight grams with me. That's all I really needed. Just your personal stuff. You yeah, I, just wanted to, I wanted to smoke without having to buy it. And uh, Well, you can't really buy it from anywhere down there. Right. Legally. Yeah, yeah, legally, yes. And it's nice to go to a place and bring what you have instead of relying on your friends <coughs> to supply it for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Coming into town. It's kind of nice smoking here on Earth. <coughs> um, and, I, I mean, I've grown the Pineapple Express before, but... When I mean my herb, I just mean that I didn't have to go down there and buy it. It was actually grown by my friend Leaf Abel, though. Yeah, it, I grow pot, too. You see my sour banana sherberts out there. but Right, and it looks Leaf beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. A lot of trichome coverage on those. So that that's, yeah, not your weed to brag about it when you're in a certain place, but it's your personal thing. You don't have to worry about it again. It's like your cigarettes or your um, yeah. socks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, they decided to say that... um. They gave me options, and since I didn't take my options... Well, so what happened? Let's step back. Okay. You, you go, you... you uh, we all know Fairbanks International Airport. You you walk in, you do a online check-in, and then you walk up and... Yeah, I went in and I had them... Uh, I did my online check-in and got my boarding pass, and um, went to get, you know, get the TSA line like I always do, you know, before I go fly somewhere, and just like the last 15 times before... Um, in fact, this time, I actually left it in my bag. You know, um, but uh, I I let my bag go through the X-ray, and they asked me if there was anything breakable in there because I clearly saw my glass jar of marijuana, and I was like, yeah, my glass jar of marijuana, and uh, they pulled it out, 
and the TSA officer didn't even know his own policies, you know, so he thought, <coughs> I mean, he knew he was supposed to call local police, but he thought that he, he, TSA had given him the authority to say, no, this isn't passing the checkpoint, which they haven't, so, um, he called local police, uh, Officer Vance Enderly showed up and told me that he would be seizing my marijuana, and then he made some reference to native villages, and I said, man, I'm going to Anchorage, and he's <laughs> And uh, he said he's taking it anyway. I argued that it violated my Fourth Amendment right. It's a silver platter doctrine type thing because, yeah, yeah. you know, one agency doesn't have, or one branch of the government doesn't have evidence. They can't just resort to the other branch, you know, um, to get it for them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, he didn't care. And he took my weed anyway. And then uh, uh, I hired Saturday. How aggressive did you get there? Huh? Did you get aggressive at all with them? And um, no, it's always airport? a bad idea, man. No, I agree. Physically resist a police officer. I mean, no way. But yeah. in, in your words at all, you were just like, "Come on now." Did you get elevated at all, or just gave it up and just? No, I mean, I knew he was going to take it. He's going to he's he's going to make a decision, and you know, he, uh, there's not a whole lot getting angry about it's going to do. So I just, you know, I argued my point. He didn't care. He took it, and then. Um, I hired uh, Amy Welch to represent me with Satterberg's uh, law office, and um, we wrote a letter nicely the first time, you know, just asking for it back, and the chief wrote a letter back calling me a liar, and then uh, uh, said, sue me, no, we won't give it back, so we did, and as soon as we um, filed the lawsuit, uh, the district attorney that was in charge of it, um, she's actually pretty reasonable, she's like a nice lady. But she, uh, she just like um, tried to settle, give my, give me my weed back, and so we just, we took a settlement. Yeah, you know, right. and uh, that's what I want, just my weed back, and to be able to fly with it. Uh, and right there, if you were the activist that some are saying, not that you're not an activist, but that it was intentionally set up, you could have, you could have denied it right then. You could have denied said, what? Denied your weed back then and said go for um, a co- uh, court case. Like the judge yeah. ended up doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, um, the judge... Uh, refused to settle. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to try to right. drag it out. You know, I just want to yeah. get my weed yeah. back, and I don't, I don't want the police to take my property, you know, so... I think that's pretty reasonable, and since they want to give me my weed back, and since the policy's changed, I think it all worked out for the best, really. <laughs> we'll see what Jeff Sessions does, but... And that it was promoted, it came out so official. That they talk to Anchorage airports. Um, does that go beyond Alaska now? Well, um, anything having to do with marijuana is federally illegal, and the Cole Memo doesn't want us to take it across state lines, even for another legal state, even for legal trade. It, it's it's funny how easy it is for the government to take away the rights of cannabis people. You know, it's uh, even our unalienable ones. They're highly alienable. Unalienable means that they didn't give you rights in the first place. Therefore, the government can't take them. Well, it turns out they can, and they do, uh, especially for marijuana people, for, like, every single right you can think of. You know, we're not allowed to advertise or express ourselves through the form of advertisement. It's a violation of the First Amendment. First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble to petition the government for a redress of grievances. We're not allowed to own a firearm. It's a violation of the Second Amendment. Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, the police are, even in a legal state, <coughs> state likely to seize your marijuana, which is a Fourth Amendment violation. Seize your person, too. 
it's also a Fourth Amendment violation. And there's Fourth Amendment. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. No violation of due process, you know, um, which happens all the time. The, he, he, the, the officer said that he was going to um, just destroy it or whatever. It turns out he didn't. I mean, we're smoking it now. Right, that's but, what I'm surprised about. Yeah. That was months ago. Yeah, that was August, so I guess he, or somebody told him, hey, you better keep that. At which point did you send your letter? How, how long was it between? Mm. Uh, I don't know, maybe a week or something. I, I, it took me a little while to find an attorney, and then... Uh, so they kept it at least Somebody recommended long. Satterberg. Yeah, yeah, they did, which I was surprised because I told him, I was like, hey, man... If I come back and check with your colleagues and they say, hey, the seizure isn't legal, you know, you can just give it back to me then if you want. And he was like, no, I'm going to destroy it. I was like, sweet. He actually said he was going to incinerate it. And was it the police that gave it back? The, the chief that gave it back to you was the chief, same guy? No, a different guy. Okay. The chief gave it back to me. Officer Vance Enderly took it. But, yeah. Yep. So, no, it wasn't. I didn't try setting it up to do it. I just always take my weed with me when I go travel places. Fuck, I always have weed. You know? Do you think it would have been different if you um, put it out in the container this time? Like, put so they could see it at first? Like, they had this feeling you were hiding it? or No, um, I don't think so. Uh, if if he, had, he didn't know his own policy, so if he had seen marijuana, he would have assumed that he had the authority to not allow it through. How long had he been working there? Huh? How long had he been working there? I don't know. But they said he was pretty new. Uh, he said he was new. I don't know how long, though. He, um, I mean, he did what his policy says to do, just to call local law enforcement. But he mistakenly thought that TSA um, could just say no. And TSA's own policy is to just be hands-off when it comes to marijuana. They've been caught in scandals where they've been stealing cash and, and, and stuff out of people's bags and handing it over to the DEA and just all sorts of crazy stuff with TSA, loss of theft and stuff. And so... I think what they're trying to do is um, actually increase uh, actual security on the airplane and, and not try and fight the drug war, really, which is good. You know, right. I just think that they need to have more clear communication so that their own officers know their policies. Because the, you know, um, Amanda Bowman actually contacted uh, TSA's spokesperson who initially told her that it's just not allowed federally illegal. There are rules against that. Turns out TSA heard about that, wrote her a letter, and said actually that's not the way it is. And so they requoted her. <laughs> and, uh, this time it's allowed. <laughs> so very good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad that TSA is on board. I'm glad that the law enforcement in the community is on board. And, uh, it should be should be easier just to take a little weed with you next time. They've just never said anything, you know. I brought back a little clone one time, put a clone right through the x-ray, you know, and the TSA dude just looked in the bag, made sure there was nothing but the clone in there, and fucking handed it back to me, and I got on the airplane with my, my clones and came back. I guess that's the next step. Someone um, getting their cannabis confiscated going into another state. 
Well, I mean, I don't see you don't go through security when you land in another state. Right. I know you go through security when you leave, but correct. Um, yeah, so it'd be pretty hard to have a plane land and then get it confiscated from you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Unless they're setting it up that way. Oh, yeah. Like reporting yeah. ahead of time. That, exactly. That's, uh, that's why That's why I'm not bringing it in with me. Seat 27. What activism is next? What are you looking at? Because I know this wasn't really you were thinking was going to happen, but this is going to put you out in the limelight of front-line can warrior. Um, you are that's at cool, the front man. right now. Yeah, no, that feels good, man. You know, I've been an activist for cannabis for a long time, and it's good to actually, you know, make a difference, I guess. Um, Being in the right place, the right time, and prepared. Yeah. No luck. To be honest, though, if they had just given me my weed back when the attorney wrote the letter, there would be no media involved. Like, this thing, would I would have just gotten my weed back. Right? <laughs> no know? one would so, know. It wouldn't be official anymore. Yeah, they continue yeah. to um, push rights from cannabis users within the uh, within the state, anyway. Yeah, within the state, but I don't think, because TSA, the, they never even checked my origin or where I was going, so I don't think it would have mattered where I was going, really, but, you know, not knowing that, you, you know, there's individual officers who think that they can fight the drug war or whatever, you never know, somebody might call down in Texas or wherever your hmm. layover is and say, you know, this guy's... This guy's got to go, you know, weed and get arrested in some random state you don't even live in or whatever. Yeah, you know? that'd be bad. Yeah, it okay. would. And if TSA had taken it, honestly, even though because it's just an, it's, it's just their policy to not take it, but if they had, I'd have had no recourse, you know. When TSA takes your stuff that just gets taken. You know, right, so. yeah, that's Fed stuff. It's already, um, they're already agreeing to turn a blind eye. I, I read that article in the paper and my mouth dropped. Just could not believe it that it happened. Dude, it's it was, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool being in the paper and stuff. I guess you know. This is from the ADN. Now I'm going to use this out of Anchorage because the news miner is not doing as good a job in Canvas News as ADN is. So let's go. Eight grams of marijuana surrendered at Fairbanks Airport clarifies rules on flying with pot in Alaska. Author Laura Andrews. Fairbanks. Just after 9 a.m. Monday, Frank Berardi waited in the entryway at the Fairbanks International Airport Police and Fire Department building. Sean Martins, chief of police and fire for the airport, arrived a few minutes later. He shook Berardi's hand. Got some marijuana for you, Martins said. Berardi's marijuana, 8 grams of the strain, Pineapple Express, had been tanked while he was passing through airport security on July 27th, headed to Anchorage on an Alaska Airlines flight, he said. When a Transportation Security Administration agent asked if he had anything breakable in his carry-on bag, Berardi mentioned the jar of marijuana. TSA's national policy is to call local police when marijuana is discovered. Fairbanks International Airport police arrived. Berardi was given a choice. Put the marijuana in a car or give it to someone else. Rebook his flight or give it to police so they could dispose of it. Martins wrote in an August letter to Berardi's attorney. He decided to hand the marijuana over, but wanted to get it back. Berardi was told to get a court order for release of the cannabis. He filed a civil suit, got the order, and on Monday, the marijuana was returned in a brown paper bag. I feel great, Berardi said afterwards with a bag in hand. Berardi and his attorney, Amy Welch, both said the marijuana should never have been taken, and police will likely change how they handle small amounts of cannabis flagged at the Fairbanks, the Fairbanks airport, Martin said Monday, joining Anchorage in allowing small amounts of marijuana through screening. Conflicting laws. Berardi's case highlights two issues in the push and pull of conflicting federal and state cannabis laws. 
whether it's legal to travel with marijuana, and whether a court order is needed to have legal quantity of surrendered marijuana returned. Since marijuana was legalized in Alaska in November 2014, it has been unclear whether in-state travel with pot is permitted, given that cannabis is still illegal at the federal level, which governs public transportation. In Anchorage, passengers who have the legal state limit of marijuana, one ounce or less, can keep it after being interviewed by police, said Jesse Davis, Chief of Chief Ted Stevens at Anchorage International Airport Police and Fire. That policy has been in place since February 2015. We'll still complete a police report in case the federal government wants to pursue it, but we want not we would not take state action because they have not broken state law, Davis said. Police are also given the option of putting it in a car or handing it to someone else. But many people choose to keep the give the marijuana to police. Passengers may have different reasons for surrendering to police, Davis said. They may not want to be delayed while rushing to catch a flight, or they may not want their name recorded by police. It's not unusual when we deal with it quite a lot that passengers do ask us to dispose of it, Davis said. If people choose to keep it, a report is written. Not even a full-blown report. It's just a log entry, Davis said. Police will let the passenger know that transport isn't prohibited, but cannabis is still illegally federally. Anchorage's policy applies in both in-state and out-of-state travel, Davis said. Although it is illegal to travel out-of-state with marijuana, it's not my intent to interdict that, he said. The department had discussed the policy with the FBI, the federal agency that would pursue a possible marijuana case, he said. When we investigate, we go much broader. We go much larger. We're really looking for the drug traffickers as opposed to someone who's bringing in a couple of joints, said Stacy Feiger, police spokesman for the FBI's FBI's Anchorage Division. TSA spokesperson Lori Danker said the Anchorage police policy was consistent with the TSA's, which leaves it up to local law enforcement to decide whether to take action. Danker said a statement from the Fairbanks International Airport issued Friday aired in saying that TSA did not allow marijuana beyond the security checkpoint. We have no horse in that race, if you will, Danker said. It's a law enforcement's discretion that determines whether the marijuana will be allowed to travel with the passenger, Danker wrote later. In Fairbanks, Martine said the airport's TSA staff had a long-standing policy not to allow marijuana through security. On its website, TSA says the final decision regarding what makes its past checkpoints is up to TSA. The idea that it's up to local law enforcement is contrary to reality, Martine said. After a meeting with TSA on Monday afternoon, the Fairbanks International Airport Police would likely be shifting its policies, Martine said. I have a feeling that we're going on the same page as the rest of the country which is you can fly out with it just at your own peril, Martine says. Angie Spear, Division Operations Manager of the Fairbanks International Airport, said what happened in Berardi's case was not consistent with TSA's stance, and they are internally reconciling that. The Fairbanks Airport just became aware of Anchorage's policy on marijuana Friday, Spear said, and now the two airports are on the same page. There's just a lot of confusion with the new laws, and it'll be reconciled, Spear said. In response to questions about in-state travel of marijuana and questions regarding Berardi's case, Alaska Airlines spokesperson Ann Zvinovich wrote Monday that the airlines follows federal regulations as mandated by the Federal Aviation Administration. In May, the airline said only that it was evaluating its policy. Federal regulations prohibit anyone from operating an aircraft if they are aware marijuana is on board, except when authorized by or under any federal or state statute or by any federal state agency. Competing laws can be hard for law enforcement to get to navigate, Davis said. I think it's very difficult for the officers in the street. They're sworn to uphold all laws, federal, state, and local. Minimum, minimal impact. Still, marijuana legalization hasn't affected Anchorage Airport Police as much as Davis anticipated. 
Davis had expected to see a spike in cases where people tried to bring a large amount of cannabis, more than one ounce state limit, through security, but a jump in cases hasn't happened, he said. I actually thought it'd be a lot worse, but it hasn't impacted us that much, Davis said of legal marijuana. For the state's part, the Department of Law has not weighed in on police action regarding in-state travel with marijuana, said John Skidmore, director of the Criminal Division of the Alaska Department of Law. To my knowledge, no law enforcement agency has requested such advice, Skidmore said. The department has only provided guidance to law enforcement on the issue of returning surrendered marijuana. Police are advised to have a court order before releasing cannabis. It's a violation of federal law for officers to give someone a controlled substance, Skidmore said. A court order allows for the release. For Berardi's case, the court order resolved the issue, Skidmore said. The state was not interested in spending taxpayer money in something that could be resolved amicably, amicably he said. Berardi's attorney, Amy Welsh, called the state's position disconcerting. There's no bias under Alaska law to seize and then refuse to return marijuana, Welsh said. But it's a rev- relatively new area of law, Welsh said. I think it's an unsettled and unanswered question. Huh. It hasn't been addressed in Alaska yet, she said. Good titrations, a cannabis extraction company. Very good. Everyone's um, gonna be looking forward to that. Oh yeah. No one in the state right now, right? Uh, yeah, there's no one yet. yet. Correct. Einstein <laughs> Labs is trying to work on it too down in Anchorage, but we should be first. We're gonna be on the uh, schedule December seventh in Indica. You mean nice. you're on? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Gonna, yeah. Yes. So we're gonna, uh, yeah, hopefully get our license if everything goes smoothly. And when uh, we do, you know. Hopefully people think of me when they want to buy some good titrations. Oh, they will. Stoned. Yeah. Keep on advertising it that way. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. You know? Just being the only one is going to be... Um... It's going to help for tourism a lot, though, because, you know, people are, are going to fly in and, uh, you know, um, go and experience our cannabis scene. And, you know, they're not going to get rolled by the police when they try to right. bring it back with them. So That is good to know, too. That's a good point. Yeah. Up. You know, it's not just for... Because I'm Alaskan, it's just... You know, TSA's policy. So, and and your business model, you're just gonna be you're gonna be spreading out to the whole state, right? Yeah, yeah. We're business to business strategy, which means that we're gonna be producing the uh, cannabis extract, and then we're gonna be retailing it on uh, other people's uh, retail shelves. Um, companies like Pacalolo, Frozen Buds, or Good Sense. Know, yeah, sure. If they want to carry it. We'd sell it to them for sure. Of course, sure. definitely. Yeah. Gotta have what's going on in the oh, state. In fact, uh, check out my packaging here. Yeah. Got that designed. So you'll be self-branded. You are going... Oh, yeah. Whose um, logo is this? Mine. Uh, we own a trademark to it. Um, like, who'd you have make? Did you guys... You're the artist? Oh, no, 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 no. I just... Basically, a $50 logo. You shouldn't pay too much for somebody to design a logo, as long as they no. have the basic principles. Just got to be simple, right. you know. It's and you have your and you have your um, you have the rights to it. Yep, we own it in nice. the state of Alaska and in Oregon, and we're gonna uh, um, put this. This is what it will look like on the shelves. So we've got long silver package. Well, yeah, it's um, white. It's white. With white. A, okay. Yep, it's a mylar package, and that those are the, the packages that will contain the oral syringes, which will have uh, our oils and. The ones down here will contain uh, the acrylic containers for um, our grams of shatter and, and wax. Nice. What are you hoping that grams um, retail at? Well, um, 
again, we're a business to business strategy, mm-hmm. so we're looking um, we're looking uh, uh, to make. You're going wholesale. You're selling. To yeah, we so are. What are you hoping? And, and it's, that, and it's hard know. to really discuss that because um, we have non-disclosure agreements and stuff oh, in fair. our business. So I want to I want to discuss it, but I don't want my attorney to. Is it going to be comparable to um, what we're seeing in Washington and Oregon, or is yeah, the standards should, more expensive at first? And it should be. Yeah, it's a supply-based. No, um, I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome watching it. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so hopefully we're the first ones out there and get to put it. Yes. You know, our, our product on the shelves. You first. get to be the baseline. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, we're making hash, selling hash for a living. Yes. Uh, pretty I cool know. job, man. Can't believe it. Just yep. coming from uh, the grow room today and looking at plants and cannot believe it. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Check out this. It's a little bit of keef. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff. Real fruity. For oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, some Gorilla Glue. That a friend of mine grew. Mm. Yeah. So what are you going to be... Explain some of that then. Explain some of your... How are you going to be... Um, you were saying shatter and wax. That's all just the the oven procedure? How it gets finished off? Yeah, I mean the finished product is a different consistency. I'm not our extractor. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I'm the CEO and I... Uh, but, but Brandon Emmett extracts for us. He's a scientist behind it. But nice. yeah, the only difference really is... Uh, uh, different, different uh, consistencies in the final product, which is you know desirable to some people uh, to to be an oil, I guess, and some right. people yeah, like I, the shatter. So it just depends on on what the you're smoking out of. Really. It seems like I expected, knowing that that's what business you're going into, that there'd be um, dab equipment all over the place. Oh, um, I do dabs sometimes. Okay. Uh, but you're more of a some, yeah. pipe smoker and joint, or yeah, I like the flower the best myself. Yeah, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it is nice to have a dab every once in a while. Here, try some of that Keith, man. Nice. Yep. But, uh, yeah, you know, I never end up with that much keef. <coughs> really? No, I've, I've got a grinder about this size. Right. Um, usually you're running out of flour. I've just started recently growing at home, so it, it's going to be... That's um, a friend of mine. Uh, after harvesting, you know, he, he, he trims over a piece of glass or a mirror, and, and what uh, falls off the buds while he's trimming is um, keef. Yeah, good plan. Oh yeah, hmm. and just think, it just, I'm sure that stuff wasn't wasted, but years ago it probably was, huh? Just thrown away. Oh, well, actually, what... no. Um, if you've heard of Moroccan hash, what it is basically is it's a dry sieve, just like Keith. Um, in fact, in Morocco, they have land race uh, cannabis over there, and they have giant fields of it. They don't even cull the males, you know. In fact. Over there, they refer to the final product uh, as Moroccan hash, as pollen. But what they do is they, they harvest the plants, they dry them, and then they beat them over a screen. And uh, what falls through the other end is partially actual male pollen from cannabis and partially uh, trichomes, um, which form uh, Moroccan hash. And so it was, it's, yeah, it's, uh, 
Um, no, Keith's never. I mean, been wasted. I think people. Good. I think people have always re- recognized that that's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a grinder. Years. Yeah. So mine, I guess, always got caught down in the corners, or I guess getting a grinder over the last three years. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean. You should keep your pot in jars too, you know. Cause it's all better. right, now I do. Yeah, better it's a than, new world. Yep, yep. Better than uh, uh, bags, and um, also it's easier to get your keef. Right. I I've been enjoying just walking around with my jar recently, and not even getting bags anymore. Yeah. So you, and just <laughs> yeah, having jars. It's kind of nice, man. It really is. So. So what's the plan right now? You you've got. December is the meeting. It took yep. us, I know, a month afterwards to get going after we were accepted with with conditional use permit. Sure. For Fairbanks, right? Yeah. Tomorrow. So we're not going to be able to start till like January fifteenth or something. Yeah, yeah it's going to be crazy. That's when we're going to be. Uh, supposedly, that's when when the borough is going to hear us out. Um, so, so you have a date. You got a date already with the borough. January fifteenth. Yeah, and then and then once they hear us out, we'll be able to start. Um, operating, start making hash, and, and it's a good plan, so, I think, going through the state first. That's the way we decided: get approved by the state, and then you can go to the borough and say, "Look, it's approved. We're not. We've exactly. done everything the way we're supposed to." Yep, yep. So, is Good Sense a, a, a retail or uh, a- cultivator? We started cultivator first, and then cool. we just got retail on. Uh, Ooh, metrics should happen beginning of next week. Excellent, man. Um, well, if you need uh, somebody to run your mater- your material, your trim, uh, that's what we do. So we'll buy trim from you. Nice. You know, if you guys don't, if you guys don't already have a plan for it, <laughs> who knows what we're doing? We we I think are eventually going to get try to get into extractions too. Do a trifecta. Cool. Um, but it's too much at first. Yeah, they refer to that as um, being fully vertically integrated. Fully vertically. So right now we're just dually vertically. We're partially vertically integrated, but partially. basically what it means is that um, you produce what you sell, and you might sell s- uh, other products in addition to that, but um, if you're a producer and you're also a business-to-consumer strategy, then you're, you're vertically integrated. It's going to be, right now we're looking at prices just to open a retail, because we, we just opened Cultivator plus Retail about the same time. Sure. And getting that market price of flour right now is crazy. I heard it was like I heard it was like five thousand a pound or something ridiculous like that. I haven't heard that number, um, right? Well, Leaf Abel he was doing four. Oh okay. Um, I well, that's that's understandable for the black market, I think. I mean, for the for the legal market, I think you know, not for the black market, that'd be crazy. No, um, I, but I guess. <laughs> and I didn't mean uh, that. we've we don't have many cultivators here in town right now. You know, they um, have been dragging, it seems like they've been just dragging the process out, not really, just like, a, yeah, there's not a whole lot of them. You know, we got a few, though. We've got a few active licenses. I was looking up on the state website. Yeah, so. we do. I was just just calling them all last week. Oh, yeah. To figure out prices of what we can do. We'll put some stuff on our shelves before GoodSense product gets out there. Awesome, get the dude. door down. And then we've got to have the best, right? I mean, not that saying GoodSense isn't going to be the best, but we're a retail store. Yeah, yeah. People are going to want to find in... That is things the goal, you right. know. To you know, obviously, be the best. That's the part of capitalism I like. Is that the that competitive nature? Yes, and right so. now it it's friendly enough competitiveness because there's so much uh, market. As it starts um, <laughs> tightening in, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool, though. I'm looking forward to actually, you know, operating and getting my business going up here, and you know. Um, not having to 
hide what I do anymore, you know? Just be a cannabis person and... <clears throat> yeah, yes, and say that. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. So happy to be a part of it. Uh, Frank, uh, thanks for coming on and explaining um, your can of warrior. I mean, wow. Oh, At the point, um, giving us a little introduction to uh, good titrations. Yep, yep, good titrations, cannabis extractions. And January 15th, we'll be at the <clears throat> Borough Assembly. Yep, and then shortly after, we sh- you should see uh, good titrations products on uh, retail shelves. What do you think, in February? Are you you're ready to go? Oh, dude, we're ready to go. <laughs> We've got, we, the only thing that we're waiting on... That's right, on, you can just get it done. You don't, there's no time to wait for product, there's... It, yeah, because we're buying it from other people right now. The, I mean, all we're waiting on is, is you know, bureaucracy at this point. Uh, so you get approved yeah. at the Borough meeting... Couple days, you then would have to get metriced. Yep. Then we'd have maybe to get a week. Set up. And then, how long does the process take from you receiving product in from metric to you have a product to sell? Well, you want to purge it long enough, you know, at least seventy-two hours. So another week. No, uh, yeah, another week maybe because we're also going to have to, you know, do our packaging and and um, you know uh, distribute. Taste testing. Or, yeah. Oh yeah, taste testing. Yeah, I don't think we're allowed to actually. Um, no, you can. You can? Sure. Okay, cool. You buy your own, right? Oh, there we go. Yes, that, sure. that I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, as long as you pay the taxes on it, right? That's right. Yeah, they're going to... How are the taxes working with that? Uh, I don't know exactly what no, the tax... No, you won't be paying the taxes because it's only being paid from the flower. Well, it still gets passed on. Eventually, it'll get passed on to the consumer and the Sure, but I mean, the official person that's paying that yeah, um, we have, $50 we have a, an ounce. We have a tax burden. I think it's it might be 15% or something for the material. It's a percentage-based tax instead of a... Oh, I didn't think they were uh, doing it that way. I thought they were doing that just from the cultivator side. Um, like when I, the cultivator sells I have to room. look it up, but Sean Tacky is our CFO, and he's, he handles all the taxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. See, when when I started uh, um, this business, I was in, in college for my master's in business, and uh, I was looking to form a venture team, and when I did, I chose people who were good at things that I'm terrible at. Good that plan. way, all I have to do is be good at weed. <laughs> you know, so... The Abraham Lincoln of weed right there. <clears throat> yeah. Sets up his cabinet like that. That's a good plan. Yeah, man. And uh, so Sean Tacky takes care of all the numbers, and Emmett takes care of all the politics, and I stay the hell away from both of those. And, uh, yeah. I'm, just... oh, I'm dipping your foot into the politics a little bit. Oh, yeah, Activism. a little bit. It's kind of... I, I guess it's impossible not to be involved to some extent, you know. Um, yes. You know, just being a cannabis person these days, but... I'm and you've not... been a, a positive ambassador. I've never seen you um, get angry at the meetings. I've never seen you raise your voice. Always been clear. You speak exactly what you're trying to say. And, Thank you. Yeah, it's worked yep. out good. Yep. I love weed, man. So, <laughs> I could talk about it all day long, that's for sure. Keep it going. Well, th- uh, thank you very much for joining us on Farm Octoker's yep. Mobile. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Toker. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, Search Mid Toker, and FarNorthToker.com. See ya!